Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA, get a quote today. This is the second part of the Star Wars Episode 4, A New Hope, with Jeff Whiting. If you missed last week's, go back and enjoy Part 1. Please stand clear of the doors. I'm Jeff Whiting, and this is the Diz His Podcast. Who've just joined us, welcome. Welcome to episode 142 of the Diz His Podcast. I'm Joe. I'm Alex. I'm Jen. I'm Chris. Jeff. Jeff, could you just uh, give a short summary of your of the your your comics? I'm really interested in the in what the uh, what the story is all about. Yeah, uh, Shanghai is about a, a lady who gets a uh, this dragon necklace, and it has the soul of a dragon in it. Uh, so she kind of merges with that, and it's got uh, robots and uh, zombies and, and dragons. Cool. So it's oh wow, uh, that to me is a lot of fun. Um, yeah, definitely. And uh, extraterrestrial is about a, a, a futuristic zoo, and there's uh, characters that are going out like collecting animals to bring back to the planet the zoo is on, and uh, a couple of them get out and they are trying to bring these uh, dangerous creatures in that uh, running around in the, in the city. So it's oh cool sci-fi. So, oh, wow. so any inspiration awesome. for either one of these stories from any movies or books you've ever read or anything? Uh, there was a book that came out that's ac- actually, it's in a uh, public domain now. It's called the interplanetary hunter. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, people like going to all the different planets of the solar system. Uh, it was written back before they knew a lot of these planets. You can't like, go to and walk around (laughs) on and you know uh animals you know all that uh i thought it was a really neat idea that could be you know modernized a little bit so i've oh awesome working with that well i'll definitely be checking these out (laughs) yeah shanghai is just my version of like a superhero comic you know nice uh, doing my own take on it very cool that's awesome yeah yeah. i'm really excited to uh i extraterrestrials right right up my alley with animals in the future and sci-fi and stuff so i'm really excited to take a look at that one Yeah, it sounds really cool. Let's get to the his on Star Wars Episode 4, A New Hope. George Lucas finished his screenplay for Star Wars by 1974. The rough draft contained a lot of differences from the final draft. Han was envisioned as a green-skinned monster with gills. Luke Skywalker was originally a 60-year-old general. The character Chewbacca was inspired by George's Alaskan Malamute dog, Indiana, who would often ride in George's car as his co-pilot. 
The completed script was too long for one movie, but Lucas refused to shorten it. He decided to make the first third of it into the first movie, with the plans for making two more future films. During this time, American Graffiti was released and became a huge success, allowing for George to have more financial resources for hiring artists to conceptualize characters instead of industrial light and magic. 20th Century Fox even approved a budget of $8,250,000 for Star Wars due to George's recent success. Lucas would put in over $400,000 of his own money into the project. Lucas hired conceptual artist Ralph McQuarrie to create drawings of scenes that would be shown to the studios. Even with a large budget, there was plenty of money Fox refused to give to Lucas. George negotiated for a higher director's salary with a higher percentage of profits and greater control. With that control, George decided to cast a bunch of unknown actors for his three main leads, Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, and Carrie Fisher. Filming started on March 22, 1976 in the Tunisian desert. There were many obstacles that caused problems resulting in Lucas falling behind schedule, like prop malfunctions, rare Tunisian rainstorms, and electronics breaking down. Luckily, filming moved to Elstree Studios near London into a more controlled environment. Filming still had some issues. The actors and crew didn't believe in the weird sci-fi film being made. Some crew considered it a child's film and didn't take their job seriously. Harrison Ford thought the film was strange, with a princess having buns for hair and a giant in a monkey suit as a co-star. So what do you guys think about these unknown actors? Oh, man. Harrison Ford, George Lucas. It's all right, I guess. Not George Lucas. Um, uh, Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill. What do you think about them? I mean, unknown. Isn't that crazy how well-known they are now? Yeah. Yeah. It, it really I, makes you think, or is who, who are those unknown actors that are out there right now that are yeah. going to be like life, you know, 30 years down the road? They're just going to be like household names. It is true. Well, what I think is crazy, and I, I've seen this in a, a couple other movies too, is um, when you watch a movie, you don't think anything of how it's made. You don't think of any of the struggles they might have had. You don't think of any of the failures they might have had. It, it's crazy to hear history like this because this was very close to failing. Like this was, there were so many times where this just could have gone just, you know, and failed and not even hit theaters. I feel like there was so much extra money that had to be put up. There's all these obstacles and there's all these doubters. And I just imagine, like you said, Joe, imagine all these, you know, who, who else, what other actors are out there? Well, imagine how many other movies are out there that have failed that if they did actually hit theaters could be the next Star Wars. You know, it's just crazy to think that a movie as successful as Star Wars had all these trials and tribulations when they were making it. Yeah, man, it's true. If you really think about it, it's kind of like this. Like, you're, you're, what you, so Chris, what you're trying to say is how many actually stories are out there that people are trying to pitch that's yeah. not taking that could be the next like big thing, right? Yep, or that that, that yeah. have failed. Yeah, it's it's, it's crazy. Can you imagine like? Can you imagine if this didn't go through? Or uh, Harry Potter? You know, how many times did uh, J.K. Rowling, whatever? How many times did she like get like uh, you know turned down? Can you imagine? Yeah. You know can, exactly. Can you imagine what's out there right now? So everyone, if you're listening to the show. Don't give up on your ideas. Keep yeah, on pushing them through, right? Because we want to hear them. We want to be entertained. But it's the best and most creative people that persevere through all those uh, all those struggles, you know? Yeah, you're right. I think about things like, you know, you really can't envision anybody else being um, Han Solo other than Harrison Ford, right? I mean, I know we had the Solo mm-hmm. movie and whatever, but you really don't. So, uh he was in Harrison Ford was in American graffiti, which is must be where he caught George Lucas's eye. And so it's just kind of crazy how fate lines up like that, where, you know, you're in just kind of a, a small unknown movie at the time, you know, American graffiti, which leads you to this gigantic lifelong commitment, you know, because really he's mm-hmm. come back and reprised this role later in life as well. Yeah. 
And he doesn't necessarily want to be defined by that, but you know, you can't envision anybody else taking the reins of that character. True. Um, now in the TV series, instead of recasting a, a younger Luke Skywalker, they've, you know, they're working with the, the kind of de-aging, you know, deep fake technology to put a younger Mark Hamill in there. And it's, I'm pretty impressed with it. It's, I think it still has some room to, to grow, but uh, you just, I, I had even seen like some people doing a uh, deep fakes on the, the solo movie, replacing uh, uh, Aiden Alden Hemrich, uh forget his name. <laughs> I know you're uh, about, yeah. Yeah. yeah um, put, putting a uh, Harrison Ford's face on him. And it was like, wow, that, you know, yeah, that was actually pretty cool. So <laughs> yeah, I saw it. I saw it. It's, it's impressive how far they've that. come in the last couple of years. When, when did the Mandalorian season two air compared to the uh, latest episodes we've seen? I mean, it, it's crazy. The, um, how the, much it's uh, improved. Exactly. Well, they, there was a guy who, who took the Luke Skywalker from the end of uh, Mandalorian. And he said, you know, well, the, you know, you, you could have done better. And he actually did a better version of it. And they hired him. Yeah. And he oh, wow. Worked on uh, on Boba Fett now, so yep. his his work is actually you can see the improvements. But they ah. they hired him from his work online of just showing that you know, hey, <laughs> this could be better. And wow, it, it was cool. so. Well, there you go. If you like, you just said, Joe, if you have a passion, go for it. Mm-hmm. Oh, one hundred percent. I'd be down with them re- re-releasing Solo with uh, Harrison Ford's face on the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't do that bad, man, that guy. He just doesn't have a Harrison Ford face. Do, do, but but if you were to go ahead, I don't know, we'll talk about it a different day. When we, when we do the, the history of Solo, we'll talk about it. Okay. <laughs> George Lucas clashed with the actors and his own director of photography, Gilbert Taylor. He was familiar with being more hands-on and in control. George would also become frustrated feeling sets, wardrobe, and other parts of the production were not living up to his vision. The project became so overwhelming for Lucas that he was diagnosed with hypertension and exhaustion and warned to reduce his stress immediately. The film was originally set to release winter of 1976, but the date had to be pushed back due to production still running behind. Ladd told Lucas he had to finish production in a week or it would be shut down, so the crew split into three groups. Lucas, Kurtz, and production supervisor Robert Watts headed the three groups allowing the film to meet the studio's deadline. The post-production did not run smoothly either. The first editor's cut was a disaster to George's standards and vision. Lucas would replace the editor with Paul Hirsch and Richard Chu. George's wife even had a part of the editing process while she was cutting her own film, New York, New York, with Martin Scorsese. Hirsch and Chu worked on two reels separately, and whoever finished first would move on to the next reel. Industrial Light and Magic were also falling behind, forced to reduce a year's work in six months with many of their hurdles being Lucas wanting things reshot due to being unacceptable. Sound designer Ben Burt produced some of the most iconic sounds from the Star Wars trilogy. He combined dogs, bears, lions, tigers, and walruses for Chewbacca's growls. Darth Vader's breathing was Burt using a scuba tank with a microphone in the mask. The voice for R2-D2 was just Burt using an electric synthesizer to alter his own voice. George Lucas was still told by friends and family that the movie was weird, and he didn't have full confidence in it to be a success. This is why the movie was designated as simply Star Wars. It wouldn't be named Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope till its re-release in 1981. So all this method that he used, all, all these like um, speed this up and get this done, a year's worth of work in, a, in six months, I've actually used that same method to graduate from college. <laughs> How'd that work out for you? Hey, it, it got, me, got me the degree. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> it's funny because 
again, reading this history, you'd never know that any of this happened. One of the most successful movies of all time essentially was Rush. Like, it, it's it's crazy to think about. Yeah. I was telling Chris when I was doing the history, I was like, man, it seems like if if Star Wars didn't work out, George does not seem like a fun guy to work with. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's like, these guys like, are let busting me do it their, all. Let me do it all. These guys are busting their butts on graphics. And he's like, nope, not good enough. Do it again. <laughs> and they're all like, what? This silly sci-fi movie? It's not good enough? <laughs> But it paid out. It paid out. It worked out. So yeah, everyone's going to be like, say. yep, he knows who he's talking about. Yep. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it makes me feel a little better. Okay. Let me explain why. It's <laughs> it was like a total. It was crazy. Like, it looked like nothing was going to work. It looks like it was just like a, a chaos in a way. Yeah. And when we sit here, and we do our show. Right. And maybe it's a little bit chaotic, you know, when we're sitting here and we're actually doing the show like, like how we're doing it right now. But then we edit it and it looks like. It sounds really professional. It sounds good, right? People are like, oh, your show sounds so professional. It's like, yeah, but guess what? You know, it's like 15 minutes. I can't get my audio working. You know, uh, someone's late. It's a mess. So it makes me feel a little bit better. And uh, that these people who are like, you know, iconic have the same struggles as that we do. Yeah. Yeah. But if I had if 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 there was millions on the line, I couldn't do it. I would I would I would not be able to make it through. Listen, would, Alex, millions be... are on the line right now. Oh, they are? Oh no. <laughs> well, that's news to us. <laughs> George Lucas screened the film for 20th Century Fox as well as other notable directors such as Brian De Palma, John Millis, and Steven Spielberg. The screen didn't contain all the special effects, which were still being worked on. Ladd Jr. and other 20th Century Fox executives told Lucas they loved the film. Industrial Light and Magic continued working and finished its production on April 22, 1977. The legendary soundtrack for the film was of course produced by John Williams. George hired John Williams based on a recommendation from his good friend Spielberg. Star Wars was set to release and George still thought it could be a flop, so he left for vacation to Hawaii. On May 25, 1977, Star Wars released in 42 theaters, initially, but upon its great success, it went nationwide. Lucas learned of the film's success while watching TV in Hawaii. The film earned $3 million in its first week, and by the end of the summer, grossed $100 million. The movie would go on to win six Academy Awards for the groundbreaking visual effects, the amazing score of the film, and the revolutionary special effects. In 1993, George Lucas's Industrial Light and Magic would finish production on Spielberg's Jurassic Park. The amazing computer-generated effects created for this production gave Lucas the confidence that he could finally have his original vision of Star Wars achieved. In 1997, for Star Wars' 20th anniversary celebration, A New Hope was digitally remastered, along with The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. In 2012, Walt Disney Company purchased Lucasfilm and the right to release all future Star Wars films. A New Hope was still owned by Fox. On December 14, 2017, Walt Disney Company announced the purchase of Fox's parent company, 20th Century Fox which included the distribution rights to A New Hope. Let's just talk about the piece de resistance to this movie, which is John Williams' score. Can you imagine this movie without that music? It's true. Because you hear the opening bars to the score and it just, it does something to you. This has, if this has any kind of, you know, place in any if you have any kind of emotional attachment to it you hear that and that's it yeah those that uh, score is crazy good yeah if, if it had been the atonal synthesizers and or the rock soundtrack you know it, it would have had a totally different vibe yeah 
Yeah, if they went way different with the sound, that would have definitely yeah. turned it on its side and not give it that dramatic, you know, in-depth feeling that it has. When you're sitting there, you know, and you can see the the two stars on Tatooine and it plays that music, it's just, it really does kind of give you chills. So the fact or the uh, the number that really stands out to me was that it played in 42 movie theaters on its initial weekend. So I just Googled because I wanted to see how many movie theaters there were in the United States in 1977. And nothing, I couldn't <laughs> find that. But I did find that that we so it only opened in 32 theaters because other because the other um, the other 10 theaters waited until a couple of days later to show it because they were oh. even out of those 42, only 32 showed it the opening day. But at its peak. It was shown in 1,100 theaters. So can you imagine that? That that they made this blockbuster movie, and and only 42 movie theaters picked it up on the, on, on its initial uh its its initial release day. That's crazy. Out of you know uh, what was eventually 1,100 theaters, only 42 theaters. It's just it's crazy that it, that that big of a movie today anyway was in only in 42 movie theaters in the whole United States. 100 million. How much is that in today's money? Oh man, you're our money guy. Let me see. Um, okay, here it is. So it was a hundred million. Yep, that's a lot of money, man. So from 1972 to 2022, it'd be worth uh 666 million, wow. 990 thousand. Yeah, that was can how much hundred million was back then. Can you imagine George Lucas like in Hawaii? He's like, uh, you know, better <laughs> luck next time. <laughs> better luck. Who knows? Oh, what? It's doing really like super awesome. How, what do you think the, uh, cause I was talking to Alex about this when, we, when he was writing the history. How do you think his, his crew felt these people that like literally like slaved for him, like for, you know, hours and hours getting a year, a, a year's work done in six months. Like they were, you know, working around the clock and then for your, your director to just, just skip town on opening weekend, not even, <laughs> not even be there, just abandoned ship. Yeah. Like, how do you think they felt? <laughs> I mean, Harrison Ford was already like, this is a weird thing. And then he's like, oh, you going to the, you know, release? And he's like, no, I'm going to Hawaii. <laughs> Unbelievable. The the movies would stay in theaters for so long back then if they were hits. I, yeah. I remember oh, really? uh, Indiana Jones. There was a local theater in town here and uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I remember they, they had a, a year anniversary <laughs> that that movie stayed in theaters for more than a year. It was crazy. Wow. But, you know, that was like before VCRs even you couldn't, you know, if you wanted to watch the movie, you had to go to the theater. Oh, that makes sense. I never knew that they had them in theaters for that long, but it does make sense. Not not being able to. We're so we're so spoiled today just being able to you know click a button and watch. But never really thought of that. You have to actually go to the movie theater to see the movie. That's it. Mm-hmm. Now, talk about the you know, they re-edited the movies, right? Jeff, are you a fan of the re-editing of the movies? Because I was watching it on Disney Plus and I was wondering I was watching it and I was watching. I was like, oh, wait, is this the re-edited version? And then the desert scene came up and they had the the animals they were writing in the background. Right. I was like, oh, yeah, this is the re-edited. I can't believe Disney Plus was like, we're going to commit to having the newer Star Wars, the re-edited Star Wars on our platform. And I was like, oh, man, does that green guy shoot first? I, I, I got to pay attention <laughs> to see if he does. And, yeah, he does shoot first. And I was like, no, this isn't right. What's happening? <laughs> and I'm just a very I'm surprised that they went forward with that. And as someone who saw it in theaters when it came out, I was wondering how you feel about that. I it's jarring to me every time I see one of the updated scenes. I I like it and I appreciate it, but I always know that's not how that was. Yeah. And uh, uh, I I know 
Lucas didn't want like any of the the original versions out there. He wanted everything to be the newer updated versions. Oh. So um, that was like all he would release. And I don't know what Disney will do. There there is a version floating around out there. Um, I, I have a copy called the Silver Screen Edition, and somebody took a from the original print and got a, a video file. It was like a Mexican print, and then they put the the audio in it and. So it's the original version of the film as as Lucas released it. And I, I think they've done it for all three of the originals, but I, I just have the first one. But that's neat to go back and watch every once in a while just to see this is how it was when it came out. Yeah. You know, Han Han shot first and just the, all the original effects. and Yeah. No Jabba scene. Yeah. Yeah. That still bothers me when Han walks across the, <laughs> the tail. Yeah. It, it, that was not quite there yet. So. We we actually have a copy um, on VHS of the originals. Do uh. we have Do we have a VCR anymore? <laughs> the answer is no. We don't. <laughs> but we do. If someday we come across a working VCR and want to see those old unedited versions, we do have a copy. I have a VHS <laughs> copy of all three as well. Wow, cool. One of the things I love from. Uh, I think it was a uh, uh, empire is, is the, the guy running in the background with the uh, had an ice cream maker as a prop. And <laughs> yes. Now in the Mandalorian, that has become a, you know, they souped it up a bit and yeah. actually like used that several times. And it was in Boba Fett as well. It's become a, an actual, you know, prop. <laughs> I didn't know that. I have to look that up. That's really funny. Yeah. There, there's a background character running through uh, Cloud City as it's under siege there. And uh-huh. there's a guy goes running by carrying an ice cream maker. <laughs> and uh, it, he's wearing like a red suit and then some like at conventions they do they, they get all these guys together in red suits with ice cream makers <laughs> through the halls of the, the conventions oh it's amazing oh i have to look that up it's really funny oh yeah here it is there the guy who is is you know uh still with the empire who wants uh grogu uh he has the ice cream maker i wonder is that where he gets the best car out of yes it's so funny. <laughs> and then they have that in the, a couple of the latest Mandalorian episodes. There are guys doing uh, exchanges with uh, using that same, oh. same prop. It, it actually has a name now. That I forget what it is. Incredible. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff I wouldn't do. Is I wouldn't be like, yeah, and just take this and run across the screen and be like, you know, it'll be fine. <laughs> like I would not be okay with that. But now it's turned into something, you know, magical in a sense. Uh, and that's just the that's the magic of making movies and just you know well, they, going all in and going crazy with it. There's a th- a thread on Reddit um, I just seen in the past week where they they they're showing like all these background props from Star Wars, all the different series, and they're like, oh, in the Mandalorian, there's a you know a guy holding this thing, and it's it's a light you can get at Home Depot, and then somewhere <laughs> somebody's like using this grinder on a spaceship and. They're like, you can buy that exact grinder at uh, Harbor Freight for, you know, 40 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's just they they stick a couple of doodads on them and paint them. And now it's a, you know, a Star Wars prop. But, yeah. No, it's you, really funny. You can own a prop. From the <laughs> <laughs> Screen used. Yeah. <laughs> so that guy who ran at the ice cream maker uh, was obviously not just a background character. He was unaccredited. Uh since he's become a cult figure, cult follow, he has a cult following now. Hasbro came out with a figure, Wilro Hood, and it's him, and it's got a little accessory, the ice, the ice cream maker. I think I saw That's that somewhere. Awesome. I wasn't sure if that was real or not. 
It's I, I had to look it up. It's selling for $146 right now on Amazon. But yeah, That's it's cool. it's sold by Hasbro. Like Hasbro is uh the one selling. That is so I thought it was photoshopped. I didn't know if it was real or not. But yeah. Is, yeah. Isn't he the um isn't he the owner of Cold Soul Creamery? If he was smart, he would be. <laughs> quick fire, quick text. Let's go. Delays to production ballooned the budget from $8 million to $11 million, though this is still the cheapest Star Wars produced. When C-3PO actor Anthony Daniels wore the outfit for the first time, the left leg shattered, stabbing him. Even though Vader only had 12 minutes of screen time in A New Hope, he quickly became a fan favorite. Star Wars A New Hope was re-released in theaters in 1978, 79, 81, 82, and 97. In 1989, the U.S. National Film Registry of the Library of Congress deemed Star Wars A New Hope as cultural, historically, and aesthetically important. Lad was anxious during the premiere in Japan because of the audience's silence, but learned silence is the greatest honor a movie could achieve. Lucas never intended to use the voice of Vader actor David Prowse. He wanted to use Orson Welles, but decided to use a lesser-known James Earl Jones. Thousands attended the Grauman's Chinese Theater when C-3PO, R2-D2, and Darth Vader placed their footprints in the iconic court. Hamill has said that in 1976, George talked to him about the trilogy and asked if he wanted to be in Star Wars 9 when it came out 35 years later. Oh, wow. (laughs) I want to talk about some of these because releasing the movie in 78, 79, 81, 82, 97, that would never happen today. They would never release a movie that often in theaters. You know, like every year, just put it back out there. That would never happen. It took a pandemic to have movies re-released in movie theaters. Think about that. <laughs> was there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. My local theaters were showing like the crudes and stuff. Like it was just oh, <laughs> trying yeah, to get yeah. anybody in. Yeah. 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 And then um, how it was funny that George was talking to Hamill about, you know, episode nine, 35 years later. And how close was he actually that actually happened? You know, <laughs> it was, he was in episode nine. Was it 35 years later? I don't know the exact date, but. He was in episode nine. That's pretty <laughs> close. <yeah. laughs> well, some movies now they, I, I, I remember hearing uh, the new Spider-Man movie. They, they've actually made changes to it in the theaters, like from week to week, they've updated the, some of the scenes, just wow, tiny little edits, but they've like fixed things that they think will make it better. So they're really, they're like, undocumented but people have noticed that you know hey that scene is slightly different and huh that's cool they can do that i like that yeah. you know even after they all the editing process is over i guess it's never truly over anymore i think i know what you're talking about i saw a, um two scenes online next to each other of uh william defoe at yeah. the dumpster with the green goblin mask and it's just slightly right. different each time and i was wondering why I, I had no idea that was why they went and did that it's cool well if theaters are getting digital prints now where they just download it they can just yeah. download an updated uh, copy whereas before they had to print mm-hmm. reels of film and ship right. them and you know it's mm-hmm. you, you couldn't easily make changes so so interesting that's the reason why you know when everyone started talking about the cloud you know everything was going to kind of go to a cloud like digital type format type of thing where the things are able to download it's really good for the creators for the editors for the people who are making like video games right they can just fix things on their servers and it's like instantly fixed for everyone mm-hmm. else and it's the same thing with this editing right people can go they can edit it boom and then everyone has it what's That's so funny true. alex it's just the the issue with video games is they don't don't make a they don't make a complete video game when they release it because they always have to go in and edit <laughs> bugs true. yeah 
So now Fortnite's they're still in beta. They're just like, you know, yeah, they're just like, <laughs> oh, it's um it's in beta or you know what? When the game comes out the first few weeks, there's gonna be bugs. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, well, Joe, yeah. you're right. I wish they would update the game. <laughs> but they are constantly updating it though, right? I mean they, they are. are. Yes. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. They are, and it is it is very cool. I'm glad that we're at but I'm glad that just like with video games, I'm glad they're able to do that with movies now. I think that's really cool. And it gets people wanting to go back to see these changes too. I, I kind of want to go back and see now the the, the Spider-Man movie again because I want to see the changes. Yeah, right. I, I could go back and I would never notice the changes probably. <laughs> yeah. Are we surprised? Are we really surprised? <laughs> well, some people don't like when they change things because they, you know, it's a, this is the artist's vision. They put it out and they, they think it should just be left alone. And, you know, the director, right, you know, just go on and make newer things mm-hmm. now. But the, like Lucas continually went back and, <laughs> I guess he's not doing it now with now that Disney owns it, but it, you know, he constantly had to tinker with the, you know, make improvements and tweak things. I think each, each version that came out had tweaks to different scenes. And, you know, I, I like I said, still having that original version that to me is, you know, that was the star Wars that I grew up with. So. Right. Do you guys think that now Disney owns it, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think Lucas still has a say? I mean, he still had. He has a. You don't think he has any say in anything. He has to. No. Man. He always. They. They. He has always had this connection with Disney, right? But they with purchased. EO, he has. Huh? They purchased it so that they can. Yeah, they I can know, do what they but want. I'm sure he still has. Like, hey guys, you know, can I go back and add this? You don't think he has some type of no. connection with Disney? He's like, oh sure, why not? After the most no? recent trilogy, no, absolutely not. <laughs> the I, I think he's consulted with uh, for the Mandalorian. I'm 100 percent guarantee that John Favreau is talking to George Lucas and asking for advice because it, it's, it feels like old school star Wars. I do not think JJ uh, Abrams asked for George Lucas's advice on anything. I think it hurt his career. JJ Abrams hurt, career. Oh, hundred percent. Cause you don't 100%. hear about him anymore. And he was no. like, you know, up and coming and you know, yeah. he had like, now you don't even hear about him. Yeah. It's a shame. Well, it's, it's just, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> We here at Dis His love Star Wars Episode 4 A New Hope and can't imagine a world without it. We were so excited when Disney purchased Lucasfilms in 21st Century Fox. We cannot wait to continue enjoying Star Wars content for an indefinite future. You know, there's nothing better than smelling that Disney smell. If it's walking into your favorite Disney resort or entering your favorite Disney attraction. Three Cheeky Chicks Wax Company offers an array of Disney-inspired scents in their home fragrance line, wax melts, scented candles, and room sprays. To bring your favorite Disney scents to your home, check them out at MagicallyScented.com. Check us out streaming on award-winning Disney streaming site Sorcerer Radio on Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, or catch us again at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Sorcerer Radio is an amazing 24-7 Disney radio. Just visit srsounds.com or download the Sorcerer Radio app. You know, as as garbage as some of the, like as some of the uh, writing is and everything, at least it's new Star Wars content, and that 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 makes me happy. They could put out a hundred really bad films, and I'd still be happy because it's Star Wars. I mean, I've said it before. You can you can make a Star you can make a murder mystery on Tatooine, and I'll watch it. It doesn't have to be anything <laughs> to do with Star Wars. It just has to be in the universe. Yeah. Yep. Well, I, I like and, that they're going back and fleshing out some of the. The period in between the yes, the four, five, and six, and seven, eight, and nine, and that 
to me is much more interesting than seven, eight, and nine. Hundred mm-hmm. percent, Jeff. Have you watched the Clone Wars series? I am watching that now. I had okay. seen little bits and pieces, and uh, just in the last week, I've started uh, watching that. I, I started with the uh, animated, the Jindy Tarkovsky, I think, uh, the two D animation. Okay. And then I, I watched the movie, and now I'm going through season one, and uh, just some of it's you know really good, and some of it's like, eh. yeah, <laughs> but yeah. It's, uh, just seeing you know that material pulling you know where they're pulling characters now and putting them in live action is like mm-hmm. that's why I, uh, I, I gotta go back and watch clone wars to fill out some of the you know see where some of these characters came from and the, the history yeah dave filoni gets it he he's yeah. like he, he gets star wars and yeah some of clone wars is very slow and some is a little silly but there's some episodes like they're with i love their three-part episodes where they have like a, a you know the battle of this or whatever yes it's really good writing and it, the storytelling is really good in that show and some of the characters that they introduced i'm so happy they're bringing them back in this new show because they deserved at you know more screen time it's it's, yeah. it's really neat i'm glad that they're finally tapping the shoulders of of uh, people like Dave Filoni to yeah hey let's let's make some live action stuff yeah it's a and great series done with a little less Jar Jar in the season one but <laughs> <laughs> there's more to come trust <laughs> me <laughs> yes there is more Jar Jar <laughs> you guys I love Jar Jar I I love oh, I love sorry yeah, I know would. everyone hates him I grew up with Jar Jar so he's one of my favorites he was my first Star Wars you know I, I was Crush? born in ninety five I think yes he's very attractive um. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in 1999. I think the first one came out, Phantom yes. Menace, and I was four, so I was a little too young. But uh, I still got all those toys from, I think, Taco Bell. It had the sippers and the stuff. Yes. All the Jar Jar big stuff. And uh, I think episode three was the first Star Wars movie that I saw in theaters. Uh, I remember I remember I going, who I went with and what time of day it was. And it was just, I grew up with that. Lego Star Wars, the the the, the um, prequel series. So, yes, I am a, I am a Star Wars fanboy. I mean, a uh, Jar Jar Binks fanboy. Sorry. Guess what? You know, it's really interesting. Like, you know, so Jar Jar Binks was like my, you know, what really was the beginning of my love for Star Wars, right? right. Overall. And Chewie, who's in our Discord chat right now, you know, he's saying Jar, he loves Jar Jar too. And he's like younger, like you, Chris, right? And it's re- that's what I was kind of mentioning before is that it's just, it's getting these new, a new generation of people to just love Star Wars and kind of dig yeah. deep, deeper into Star Wars. And uh, I like Jar Jar. He's cool. Which means they're doing, they're doing, even though we don't like the new ones, they're doing the same thing that the originals and the prequels did because they're grabbing the generation now's attention and making them yeah. love Star Wars. So even though we don't appreciate it as much as they do, obviously they're hitting that chord like they're supposed to be doing. They're just not hitting the chord for the older Star Wars fans. They're trying to grab the, you know, today's generation to get into yeah. Star Wars. Because spot the older Star Wars fans, they're going to watch it anyway. Doesn't oh yeah, we're going to watch everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still pulling for a uh, a Mace Windu comeback. Yeah. Oh man, that would be that would be awesome. He uh Boba Fett's got some unfinished business. He just yeah. came out and said that he'd love to to pursue a, you know, a hunt for for Mace Windu. He I I love that he loves Star Wars just as much as we do. The guy that plays mm-hmm. Boba Fett. Yeah. He said he'd play Captain Rex. He said he'd do anything for really? Star Wars. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Yep, you yeah. want to make a little kid in this house happy? Yeah, mm. that would be cool. Yeah, he, he's Disney, a really cool guy. And Disney Plus is a perfect platform for, for that. Yes. Oh, yeah. He, of course, he would love to play multiple people in a series. How much money he'd make? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll play Captain Rex if they ask me to. You're right, Alex. Well, I, I love how, like, 
Disney Plus now has allowed what you know used to think of like the movies as a the big deal. Yeah, that's a, like a two hour story, and now we get you know with a, a TV series, you get six seven hours to tell a story, and it's it's like so much more detail, and yeah. you get a little piece every week, and it's just it's great to you know talk about with with people as they come out, um, and the effects are a level that you know just this is TV, uh, you know it's amazing now that you know they're they're the things they're doing that you know even you know five ten years ago they they couldn't have gotten away with yeah mm-hmm. for sure are you a fan of them releasing once a week or would you rather them release it all at once i i like once a week because then that gives you time to digest a little part and wonder about what's you know yeah what's going to happen and everybody goes and speculates and makes the videos on you know oh what you know i think this is going to yeah. happen or this and just stretching it out when it when it comes all out at one time i think it's a little you know i, I tend to binge things and then when I see him again later, I'm like, oh, I forgot that, you know, it's yeah too much too soon. I think so. I, I like the, the releasing a new one every, every week. Yeah. It was re- releasing once a week makes it like water cooler kind of talk, you know, at work. It's like, you know, right. did you watch the episode this week? Cause everyone watches it like a couple of days before and when it releases. So within four days, you know, everyone's seen the episode. Uh, yeah, you, I have to like me. say off Facebook on the uh, release days when I haven't seen it yet, you know, don't, <laughs> don't go on social media cause everybody yeah. will spoil it. So. <laughs> check us out on weeby geeks a new podcast website where you can find all your favorite geeky content just head over to weebygeeksbc.com that's weebygeeksbc.com and listen to all the other awesome podcasts as well as this is Hey, this is AJ for the D Plus Club, where we cover all things Disney Plus. Each week, I'll bring you the latest news and rumors, as well as what's new and what's coming soon to the Disney streaming service in the US and in the UK. And each week, we have a weekly movie club, where between February 21st and 27th, we'll be watching the movie National Treasure. Share your thoughts in the weekly movie club room in the Sorcerer Radio Discord at srsounds.com forward slash discord. And I'll feature some of your comments in this week's podcast. You can find the D Plus Club on all major podcasting platforms with new episodes every Sunday. See you there. But uh, yeah, let's go ahead and do the giveaway. So Jeff, uh, can you kind of talk about what uh, you'll be giving away and then maybe sometime, you know, this week, you and I can kind of get together and do like a little trade-off type thing. Uh, I'm not going to give you anything. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I've got a couple of my my comics that I've done. uh, uh, Both Shanghai and Extraterrestrial are both 40-page books. Uh, so I'll give a couple of those and sign them and, uh, we'll give them awesome. Perfect. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. So we have our Patreon members here on the wheel. I'm going to go ahead and give a little shuffle then I'm going to spin. Here it goes. Oh, that's cool. Kim. So he's not here listening live, but I can, uh, he'll be really excited about that. For sure. Yep. And let me go ahead and hit remove. Okay. And Steve, awesome. They'll both appreciate it. Steve will appreciate this. Yeah, he will. He will appreciate it for sure. I'm sure everyone would appreciate it. Uh, Yeah. uh, Steve will appreciate it. And Kim, congratulations to both you guys. And uh, I'll go ahead and get that out sometime within the next couple of weeks. And uh, yeah. Jeff, hey, thanks for joining us. is there any, any kind of way we can find you on social media? Yeah, I'm on the uh, post a lot of stuff on Instagram. Uh, Jeff Whiting Art is my uh, my art hub, and uh, 
uh, a lot of my drone photography you were talking about, I have that on a Instagram account called Drones Over Daytona. And Whiting oh. is W-H-I-T-I-N-G, just so Correct. people listening can look that up better. Okay, awesome. And thanks for coming on, man. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. This has been a blast. Hey, guys. Want to hear something cool? Do you want to be part of the Goof Troop? Our Goof Troop is the best and a way to help support the show. You get access to our wonderful giveaways, Discord, which is fantastic, and you can join for only $2 a month. In our Discord chat, you can interact with the hosts and some of our great members. There are Disney-themed games in our chat, streams from the park, we have a special Spotify playlist, and overall just have a lot of fun. You also get access to our live shows, which can sometimes be a little crazy. Once again, help support the show for as low as $2 a month and join the Goof Troop. Just go to dizhiz.com and on the top, there is a link. Niels wants to know. Hey guys, this is Niels from at Capturing Disney Parks on Instagram. And here's your question. We all don't like to wait for too long, so it's really appreciated if an attraction queue is nicely themed, tells a story or has some interactive elements. What's your favorite queue at the Walt Disney World theme or water parks? Let's go. So I love the queues for the bathrooms. Anybody else? Anybody else love them? The queues for the, the bathrooms? The queues for the bathrooms. Like when your stomach starts hurting? Like those, <laughs> no. like those queues? <laughs> so I, that's what Alex likes to do. Like he, like, you know, he likes to go to the parks and he's like, okay, I got my favorite bathroom. He likes to go to that bathroom, sit and kind of enjoy it. Because I'm going to tell you something right now. First off, Alex is kind of slow with everything that he does. Like, oh, yeah. You know, we've heard you heard about me talk about this on the show before that, hey, Alex, I'm going to go play basketball and I'm waiting like 30 minutes to put on his shoes. Right. So he also takes like super long times in the bathroom, too. So I understand that he wants to go to like a nice bathroom, really enjoy the ambiance of where he's going to be for a hey, while. Hey, the ambiance is key in the Disney bathrooms, by the way. Uh, but, you know, I know this is not the question, but my favorite Disney bathroom, which is actually kind of themed, is the one at Magic Kingdom. And it's by um, it's kind of like themed Tangled. It's by Small World. I don't use the bathroom in public, so I, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> But day in the my favorite. So first off, right, we're gonna just talk about Jen and Jeff are not here with mm-hmm. us right now for this segment, right? So this is just gonna be Alex, Chris, and I. And I really do have a good answer for this. My okay, favorite queue is gonna be Flight of Passage, which is amazing. Oh, like what? I love the queue for Flight of Passage. The queue? Oh, Flight of Passage. I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah. What were you thinking? I was thinking for some reason. I was thinking the Epcot ride. Uh, uh, oh, like just a horror. Yeah. I was like, I was like, really? <laughs> Why? No. No. <laughs> Flight of Passage. I mean, is this great? Right. I mean, it's almost like a ride it attraction is. in itself, it walking through there because it's beautiful. My second favorite would be Rise of the Resistance, which is just a great queue. I mean, you feel like uh, you know you're you're in a resistance like area and you're getting ready to rise fight yeah rise of resistance yeah so so cool is that what i said no as you said you're you feel like you're in a resistance and you feel like you're going uh, to rise i said uh, yeah okay so but those are my two i love them how about you alex what's your favorite disney queue oh man there's just so many to think of and my memory is just so bad so I had to like put myself in the place of going on a ride and waiting in the line and be like, hey, this line's pretty cool. And I really can't think of any. Chris, do you have an answer? I, I'm the same way. I'm, I'm gonna look up what? top. See, here's here's the thing. This is and this is um ride this is why it's so hard for me. Is all the best queues I get fast passes for. So I've never been in the queue for Haunted Mansion. I've never been in the queue for Tower of Terror. Uh, so it's like it's hard for me. 
Yeah. I, I just, I haven't been in like many good queues. I hate all the queues. I hate waiting. Like there's, there's not even, even a fun queue is a bad queue. Like I'm, I'm waiting in line for, uh, for, uh, the Peter Pan ride and cool. I can, I can play with my shadow, but I'm still waiting in there for two hours. Like it's not, it doesn't make it any more enjoyable. I'm still waiting next to these sweaty tourists that are next to me. But Flight of Passage though is, is a really nice queue. So exactly. I don't get yeah. that feeling yeah. when Flight of Passage. Sure, I, I, uh, that one, that one looks cool. Never been on Flight of Passage. Um, the Toy Story Mania queue, actually. That I'm gonna yeah. say that's yes. my favorite queue. First of all, it's indoor. Yeah. Once you get yeah. indoor, so it's nice and air conditioned. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, it's it's really cool. It's visually appealing. Mr. Potato it's Head. It's really fun for the first like 15 minutes. You're waiting in line for sure. The Mr. Potato Head. Yeah, the Mr. Potato Head's cool. <laughs> all the for the, the first 15 minutes. Stuff. Um, you know <laughs> well, what? The next hour and a half. Sucks, you know what? But... What I like is Seven Dwarf Mine Train because I love it when the kids are playing the games and you can just bypass them and the, the parents are like let's go and they're like i'm playing this game and you just get around them really quickly and make up some time yeah like i i've never seen the wallpaper in the haunted mansion like the famous haunted mansion wallpaper never seen it in my life really i've never i've never been in the queue i had to look there's up a no long queue in there there's no long queue you know yeah, but haunted, i the queue for haunted mansions on the outside i always get the fast pass so i would never see it they don't put yeah, you but, in that but, room still they no. do just they do no, not the wallpaper room. Dude, I, I've never seen it. Because I, right I don't the, think it's the wallpaper. Right the room. Hold on. Hold, hold, hold. So first off, right, the wallpaper's on the right itself. That's why if when you're on when you're in a doom, buggy, it is on the right. That's itself. where that. Yeah, that's where that wallpaper comes from. It's not from the queue. So you don't really like when you are getting when you're when you're getting a fast pass from the haunted mansion, yeah. right? Um, the queue for haunted mansion. The, key, the fast pass queue is right next. It's pretty. It's you're pretty. It's almost the same thing. Yeah. This, the other one's like a lot longer. The wallpaper though is gonna be on the on the right itself. Yes. I've never seen it in the hallway. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's kind of dark in there, right? So yeah. I mean, you, I you really have to look. It. You see the yeah, shining of the yeah. eyes more than anything else. But the yep, fast pass exactly. goes in where the ride queue actually begins, which is the part that people like, which is the room with the extended walls. That's where the actual ride queue, the fun part of the ride queue, starts, and then from yep. there it's elbows out and push people away because we're going to funnel into one area. Yes. Another good so, cue is the Muppets thing. The Muppets. Uh, you mean because you can hey. watch a video? Well, there. I, I just like the um all the Muppets decorations. Okay. Yeah. 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 And the key under the mat. You know that? You know yeah. that one? Yeah. I was just going to tell you that. That's yeah. what I was going to say. If you look underneath <laughs> the mat, the key's there, which is really cool. I think Dumbo yeah. has a solid queue too, but some people in chat, and I know I'm kind of going all the way, but Dumbo has a cool queue because it has a cool play yes, area. Yes, so give kids, kids, that's right? a great queue. So yep. in short, uh, uh, Joe loves all of them. Yeah. I don't love all of them. You know this queue? I mean, all these queues, they get a, they get a uh, special magic point. They do. <laughs> I also like uh, any queue uh, that you're about to board a water ride because of the smell. Oh yeah, you're one of those people, huh? Like the land. Yeah. Land queues are real good. Um, the oh, the Mexico uh, pavilion queue yeah. slash mountain queue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, any queue with the uh, well, listen, I'm not a water guy, but I am a water smell guy. We know, we know. Yeah, I love the flight of passage queue. First of all, the whole Pandora land looks amazing, and the queue already starts outside with some nice views. Indoors, you feel like being in another world while a backstory is being told with theming, props, scenes, uh, several pre-show rooms uh, where your body gets checked, uh, where you get instructions and so on. Of course, there's a big difference between the 
previous fastpass line, and I guess that's uh, Lightning Lane now, and the standby one. You miss a lot when taking the fast route, but you still be able to get into the mood and at least have the last few pre-show rooms to catch up with the story. Talking about waiting, if you're waiting all your life to date a Disney prince or princess, be sure to check out Tinderella. Bye-bye. <laughs> what do you say? What? Tinderella. Cinderella? Tinderella. Tinderella. Oh. <laughs> Tinderella. So he took he took yours, um, Joe. He likes Flight of Passage. He did. He did. And guys, so I like Star Wars like so much better than Avatar. Like so much yeah, better. Yeah. Like the the movie, right? Right, right. But the land, I think Pandora is so much nicer than the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Oh, I don't um, know about that. Yeah. The land I, itself. So, so much like it's so much more colorful, and um, well, that's just that's, I, I, I that's, just like it better. That's the whole. But Star Wars isn't. Colorful. I know, I know, but I like the, I like the look of it better. So that's the his on Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. I'm Joe. I'm Alex. I'm Jen. I'm Chris. Jeff. Thanks for listening, and have a magical week. Please follow us on all social media by searching DizHis65. Share us and subscribe to our podcast to get the latest show when it is available. If you want to help us out, get tips, get your memories shared on the podcast, see pictures and videos of what we are up to at the parks, join our goof troop on Patreon.com and search for DizHis. Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA, get a quote today.